All of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. French philosopher and mathematician Blaise Pascal made this observation in the 17th century. We might quibble with this some, given the harm from natural disasters, random illness, and tragic accidents. But Pascal's observation is a keen and important one. How much of the world's suffering and how many problems arise because people act out of the raw agitation or fear or inadequacy that they feel inside themselves. It's worth asking ourselves how often this is true in our own lives. The good news, our scripture readings today provide an antidote. The bad news, it is not a quick fix. It is a practice, a way of living. Let's look at what Moses teaches us. I love Moses because when God asked Moses to challenge Pharaoh and lead the Israelites out of Egypt, Moses said, oh my Lord, please send someone else. We all may know that sense of dread when we are asked or expected to do something that feels well beyond our scope of expertise or competence or comfort. Moses is human like us. He will resist and complain and then somehow, most times, do the right thing. We know that Moses does what God asks him to, despite his failures. We know that Moses has a way of living life in the wilderness. We know that Moses never reaches the promised land, but has satisfaction that his life is part of something bigger that doesn't belong to him. We also know that when Moses is talking to the people gathered there, he is speaking to all of us, to the part of all of us who may feel at a crossroads with no clear signage and no good way to turn back. And this is what Moses says to them and to us. Turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. I love this. Turn to the Lord. Not believe, confess, make promises. Just turn a little. And most importantly, he says that what he's asking isn't beyond our capability. This commandment that I am commanding you today is not too hard for you, nor is it too far away. It is not in heaven that you need someone to go up and get it for you. It is not across the sea that you need someone to cross to the other side and bring it back. No. The word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart for you to observe. Think about that. This is hard-earned wisdom for Moses. God asked him to do something beyond his ken, and then he realized that he had the strength within him, given to him by God, to do the right thing to listen to the need of an enslaved people rather than his own fear. The word is very near you. You live in constant connection with God. You may not believe this all the time, but act as if you do. Turn to that possibility again and again. 
I say this to each of you as Moses did thousands of years ago. The word is very near you. You needn't go anywhere. You can sit alone in a room quietly and know that you are not alone. The word is very near you and you are beloved by God. In our gospel passage from Luke, Jesus has just been reunited with all the 70 disciples. These 70 have returned from their travels. They were all over the place sharing the teaching of Jesus so that others could know the love of God that is freeing. And these disciples are filled with the power of what they've experienced. It's kind of like when people come back from a really fulfilling and nourishing mission trip or family vacation or retreat or training session. There is that palpable sense that life is good and there is such possibility and connection and new perspective. And then we have the lawyer, the scholar of the law, who comes up to this merry band. He has not been with them. He has not been a part of it. He is basically skeptical and asking Jesus if all this excitement and energy is kosher. And like the whiny Moses, I can kind of relate to this guy. It's not so great if you are not the one who has just been away, rejuvenated with a new lease on life. If you have been slugging through the spreadsheets or the laundry, dealing with a chronic problem, or just have not had the resources or the time to take a break and experience life apart from daily obligations and strains. It is easy to find that such celebratory energy can be dispiriting if you're not also in the middle of it, or at least somewhat annoying. So we can imagine that that's where this lawyer is. Come on, people, let's get back to the concern about eternal life. Let's not be, uh, let's not be so celebratory. We have serious work to do. The question of God's covenant with us, which is about keeping commandments. It's really not all this happy and fun. What's wrong with you? And this is where Jesus, like Moses, reminds us how to live so that we might get the meaning and not be pinched and jealous. How to live so that we can sit alone quietly loving God in our neighbor. How to live so that we might not just avoid the problems, as Blaise Pascal rightly enjoins us to do, but also experience joy and connection. You are right, Jesus says to the lawyer. God's law from Deuteronomy absolutely is eternal. We are to love God with our whole heart and mind and soul. We are to worship and pray and engage in rituals and practices that help us to stay mindful that God created us and each person. Eternal life is a part of Israel's covenant with God, and death does not abrogate a covenant God made with his people. We know that death doesn't end the covenant God made with us. But we also have this raucous and messy obligation to love our neighbors as ourselves. Somehow, like a neighborhood potluck or a meal at a soup kitchen or a big family gathering, love and care are served up that is less controlled and measured than a ritual meal or the singing of the Psalms. To have a full life, you need both, the quiet, the sacred, and the smorgasbord of humanity. You don't get to choose one. There is prayer and piety and elbow grease and dishes and annoying enthusiasms and encountering people in pain at inconvenient times when you are the one who can help. 
A fruitful life will involve body, mind, and spirit in knowing God. And this includes knowing God through one another. So here's a place to start. Spend three minutes a day sitting quietly, and then increase it to five minutes, and then 10, and maybe 15. Do this for a month. Be by yourself, completely still, just in the presence of God as you are, not more and not less. See if we can prove Blaise Pascal wrong. We can sit quietly alone in a room with God. This is prayer. This is part of loving God with your whole heart, mind, and soul. You just show up. See how a few minutes a day of quiet may help you to see insights about your life, how to serve or care for others in a way that honors who you are, what's really on your heart and troubling you, what are your gifts and your limitations. Rest in the truth that you are beloved and find renewal there. Just wait and see. God loves you just where you are and too much to leave you there. Amen. Amen.